2: Auburn and LSU prepare for their final showdown as SEC West opponents. Let's talk about it on this live edition of the Up Tempo Podcast.
0: You are now listening
1: to the War Report Podcast Network.
2: Yes, yeah, sir. What's up, Auburn family? I hope everybody's having a good week, man. I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lynn. As y'all see, we have a special guest tonight, Preston Guy, joining us from TigerBait.com. I'm going to take a little look at the the Bayou Bengals over there, see what's going on across the way there. And uh, man, it's to have Preston in here. First off, Blake, how are you doing tonight, brother?
3: Well, I'm I'm doing good, Dustin. Uh, I'm excited for Saturday night. Like head coach Hugh Free said today, uh, there's a lot of opportunity left in this season. Even though things haven't went the way that we wanted them to, uh, there's still opportunity left and and we can really change this season around and we can get back on the winning track Saturday night. So uh,
2: I'm looking forward to the opportunity, brother. Yes, we're fired up for it. You already know. Preston, how are you tonight, buddy? How excited are you for Saturday night?
0: Doing good guys. Thank, uh, Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, it'll be a fun game back Tiger Stadium at night. LSU, you know, gets after being on the road a bunch gets to get five out of six at home and it starts with Auburn and be a, a good opportunity to kind of see if they can continue improving on that defense, which needs a lot of that.
2: We've got some questions about that Preston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Okay. <laughs> hey, Blake, get a started, brother.
3: Uh, Preston, man, uh, you know, LSU, uh, an, a national title favorite coming into the year, uh, you guys lose to Florida state, uh, and then, and then you suffer, uh, your loss at Ole Miss, uh, down to the wire. Uh, what is the feeling around the program with the fan base and everything right now, just suffering those two losses? Uh, I know you guys still have a shot at the West. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities also for you guys. Uh, you still have Alabama on the slate, uh, so, you know, the West is still in reach. But how is that fan base feeling down there uh, right now?
0: Well, on one hand, you've got an offense where you feel like they can put up points and beat anybody the way how Jaden Daniels and company are playing on the offensive side of the ball. But on the other side of the ball, you've got the defense that makes you feel kind of sick when you watch it. Uh, let me put it like this. Um, after the first three drives against Missouri, where LSU gave up touchdown, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Of its last 20 drives that weren't cut short by the clock, LSU had given up scores on 17 out of 20 uh, drives. That is atrocious. And the thing I keep on coming back to is if you put a high school defense out there, they might do the exact same 17 out of 20 just because the other offense might fumble the ball or throw an interception. Like um, not good at all. Um, but then uh, some, something started to slowly click against Missouri, and we know Missouri has a good offense, Brady Cook and mm-hmm. company. They did a really good job. LSU went on a 42-17 to 17 run. Mm-hmm. So in LSU's last 10 possessions, they've only given up 17 points, and mm-hmm. Brian Kelly said in his presser this week that they, they kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel for this defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I mean, you still gave up 500 yards to Missouri. That's better than 700 yards you gave up to Ole Miss. But, um, I, you know, if, if that defense could just be average, the goal is not to be a championship defense, right? Mm. If you can be an average defense, that offense will put enough points on the board to beat anybody in front of you. So um, that's kind of kind of what uh, they're hoping to, to get to, get back to being average on defense and stay elite on offense. And hopefully you can fight your way back into being a contender once again. Because, I mean, uh as far as SEC play, LSU does control its own destiny at this point.
3: Preston, I'll stick with that defense on that side of the ball, man. Who needs to step up to get a pass rush on that defense?
0: A lot of people, man. Uh, Mason Smith is a guy who's been pretty – uh, underwhelming this year. Uh, he's a big five-star defensive tackle coming off an injury last year where he tore his ACL in the very first drive of the season. Um, and then he had a high ankle sprain in fall camp. So he's been kind of slow getting back to full speed. Um, Savion Jones has been a defensive end who has had a pretty disappointing season. But they brought in Pete Jenkins, who is a defensive line guru after the 700 yards to Ole Miss. And every fan could tell. They were pointing out the defensive line stances are atrocious there. You know, you got uh, one guy who's – sitting, squatting way back, almost like an offensive tackle doing a pass set, right? And then you've got guys one to two yards off the line of scrimmage consistently. So against Missouri, at least those issues were fixed. And, and a little background, LSU's defensive line coach, Jimmy Lindsay is actually out with some sort of medical issue. So then an interim coach, the special teams coach, had to step in and be the defensive line coach. And quite frankly, that showed. That showed a lot this year, as you see these talented guys. Come on, LSU's talent is in the front seven on this defense, not so much the defensive backfield. Uh, kind of, kind of an anomaly at LSU over the years. Um, but these guys, I mean, they got to start playing more discipline. And and the defensive line, this story of them's been close but no cigar this year. Um, you know, they're getting after guys like Jordan Travis, KJ Jefferson, Jackson Dart, and even Brady Cook a bit, who can all run. And more specifically, not just run like a Jalen Milrow. He, yeah, sure, he could run. It's running and then finding a receiver downfield. That is what's absolutely cooked to this defense because I do believe this is a talented defensive line. They're just not quite getting there.
3: Well, Preston, like you mentioned the defensive backs, man, and, and me and Dustin were actually talking about this the other day. When growing up, And and coming up through our teenage years, you didn't see people running the ball the way they're doing it on LSU this year. You didn't see people throwing the ball all over LSU the way you see this year. Uh, We were always used to the Pat Pease back there, the Mo Claiborne's, the Honey Badger. Uh, Where is that in the secondary right now for LSU? Who has got to be that guy for you guys?
0: Well, worth noting, Greg Brooks uh, is out. He was a senior starting safety. He got he had brain cancer, and a lot of people were pointing out when he first, you know, was was pulled out. as well, he wasn't playing great against Florida State, anyways. And I'm like, well, maybe it had something to do with the fact that he was playing with a brain tumor. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he he was lightheaded throughout fall camp. He was in and out. That's been a major blow behind him. They've had to turn to Andre Sam, a safety transfer from Marshall. uh, One of their starting corners. In fact, the, the, the number one corner on this team is a transfer um, from Southeastern Louisiana. These are FCS players Mm -hmm. that, They're inserting in there. And sometimes, very rarely, there are some FCS guys who are just under the radar, like a Terrell Owens. You know, he was an FCS guy and, uh, you know, tore it up in the NFL for a decade plus. Sometimes that happens. Most of the time, it doesn't. Most of the time, even the best players at that level aren't cut for the SEC. And I think we're seeing a bit of that for LSU. Um, And it really starts with, Um, the, the, the chain of talent for LSU got greatly disrupted when Ed Ogeron got fired. Right. Um, y'all remember the bowl game against Kansas state where LSU had 39 players, didn't have a single quarterback on roster and they got just absolutely crushed by Kansas state. Um, you had 39 players, scholarship players suited up for that game. And then Brian Kelly had to come and quickly build a roster. You know, and he, he got on the recruiting class, got some guys like Harold Perkins, his first recruiting class. They they weren't able to sign as many as you would like, but they, they got on it. And then last year, you know, they brought in a big freshman class this year. But there was a mass exodus of talent uh, of LSU. Everybody hit the portal after Ogeron. This isn't like, you know, 2005 or i'm sorry 2004 when nick saban left and you know well he left the (laughs) the the cabinet was loaded uh when uh les miles got there uh it was it was decimated it was it was absolutely decimated and what we're seeing is you've had two years of brian kelly saying i don't have time for these freshmen to develop we got to bring in transfer portal guys and last year you hit on a bunch of them but they're one and done guys yep and this year you pulled in more transfer portal guys out of necessity once again, and you missed. So that that's what's going on. There are some talented freshmen defensive backs. Remember, this is the, the freshmen on the team are Brian Kelly's first full recruiting cycle. Uh, and they're starting to slowly work in there, but they're they're developing. It's a work in process. We'll see.
3: Well, Preston, uh, I got one more for you, man. But uh, our last show on my, on my final thoughts, uh, I, I, I gave uh, prayers up for Greg Brooks, man, because that is a terrible situation, and, and we're still praying for the kid. Uh, we hope he makes a full recovery. And uh, it, it's just an unfortunate situation down there for you guys. And uh, just as, as a fan base to, to you guys, we're, we're all praying for you because even though uh, we we go into Baton Rouge Saturday night, Like I I told Dustin the other night, he's still a human being, man. He's a college kid that is wanting to play for the LSU Tigers. So, uh, prayers up to him. Uh, But Preston, man, going over to the offensive side of the ball, we know what Jaden Daniels can do in the slew of receivers and Mason Taylor uh, out there at tight end, uh, just a a hellacious bunch. Uh, But I look at this run game, man, and I feel like Logan Diggs found something Saturday against Missouri. Can you just talk about him and LSU really getting that ground game going?
0: Yeah, Logan Diggs has been a really good um, uh, emerging talent from this team. LSU has eight running backs on roster, right? Mm -hmm. And – you really didn't know who was going to separate themselves from the pack going into this season. It really was running back by committee. Logan Diggs didn't even play in the opener um, for unspecified reasons. Uh, And then since then, it's been pretty clear that he's the most complete back on the team. He's really good at running in between the tackles, which is just something LSU hasn't had uh, for two or three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, on top of that, you know, he has good breakaway speed, not, not like some, elite Heisman back. I'm not saying anything like that. Just just real good in open field. Uh, he's a good receiving back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield just really well, and he's a good blocking back. So that makes him a complete back. There are other backs on this team who do other things pretty well. Um, you know, Josh Williams is a great blocker and he's good in space, but you know, does he have the breakaway speed that Logan Diggs has? No. So it's a good mixture of experience, talent, and just, um, knowing how to play football. There's another guy, a freshman on the team, Caleb Jackson, um, very talented runs a ten six hundred meter yard dash and he's about 220 i mean he's chiseled you'll know his name eventually but right now he's just not quite caught up the speed like logan diggs but yeah the emergence of logan diggs has really completed this offense whereas last year jaden daniels was basically all of your running game mm-hmm. and he's still bringing that on the ground i mean he's averaging right under 400 yards a game um uh total offense i should say not running that that that'd be wild if he was running that much um but anyways uh it it it's Logan Diggs can get you your hundred yards and Jaden Daniels can do his thing the offense just looks more complete than it than it's looked in since Joe Burrow really.
1: Hmm.
2: Dustin? Yes sir. All right. Well uh Blake mentioned Jaden Daniels there, Preston. And um I remember watching this kid as a freshman at Arizona State. And yeah. I remember watching him last year and uh just he just looks different this year, man. Like, it seems like there really was a growth in the offseason from last year to this mm-hmm. year. Um, just just talk about that and, and kind of what coaches deserve the credit for that.
0: All offseason, there were two things we pointed to because it was weird for Jaden Daniels. It was like you weren't really impressed with him at the end of the game, but then you look up and it's like he had 300 yards and your offense <laughs> had 370. He was your offense, right? And it really took a, a lot of film breakdown and, and and some kind of deeper level analysis to figure out why is this not look clicking and looking as productive as it as it appears at the end of the game. Well, he had 8.9 yards per average depth of target on his throws. That's one eighteenth in uh, FBS. Wow. So he really wasn't pushing the ball downfield, hmm. and frankly, he didn't do that against Florida State very well either. Um, but since then he has just been remarkable mm-hmm. pushing the ball downfield throwing taking some deep shots I mean you got stud receivers on this team and you're just you gotta you know you have to give him a chance you have to throw it and he has been an accurate passer I think it's just that confidence he didn't have I think he had a little bit of PTSD you know his final year at Arizona he had a 10 touchdown 10 interception season where you know it, it just he really didn't want to be that turnover guy. So he only threw two interceptions all last year, right? But he only had 17 touchdowns. Well, now he's being more confident and he's kept his interceptions down. He has two interceptions and 19 halfway through the season. Mm. So he's he's about to blow what he did last year out of the water. And it's it's mostly because of the confidence. There's some other things. Um, uh, for The second thing we pointed to all offseason was – him not getting such happy feet you know he would go one read freak out and try to lean on his athleticism which you know i can't really blame the kid i mean if i ran a 4 240 or 4 340 whatever he runs you know what i might lean toward taking off and running too um but this season he's been a lot more patient and a a little bit of this also has to do with the offensive line has developed uh because last year you couldn't really trust that offensive line i might also be a little nervous with the with that offensive line they were working with last year they've improved he's been more patient he's been more aggressive pushing the ball downfield and he's been more accurate Mm -hmm. so there's just a bunch of things I'd still like to see him keep his eyes downfield when he takes off to run instead of just going for you know the five or six yard gain but I guess he's so good at that five or six yards and sometimes it's even more when he takes off and scrambles uh, you know, may, maybe don't break that. I just really would like to see him keep those eyes downfield and, and find some open receivers when he can. He He's done that a little bit better this year, but that that's the one area I'd like to see him really get good at.
2: I got you. Um, this bye week for Auburn, man, it came at a crucial time. We're yeah. a banged up team. Uh, Injury-wise, how is LSU looking?
0: Uh, Not too bad. I mean, Chris Hilton's going to be out. Uh you got a few guys in that he's like your your third receiver. Obviously, Greg Brooks is out. I mean, that's an injury technically, and that one's the one that hurts more than any of them. Uh LSU's not too banged up for considering the time of year it is. The center, the starting center, Charles Turner. Um he has a banged up shoulder. He's probable this week. Um and last week LSU had to go actually to their third team center after the second team center messed up a snap they mm-hmm. went to a true freshman DJ Chester so he got reps and, and looked pretty solid as well
2: remember that name from recruitment yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah he's a big kid he and, and yeah, it's different. really good for LSU that he's able to play center cuz LSU's actually had some trouble recruiting at that center position so to find a kid who naturally slides into center is a, is a, is a good thing but uh anyways for LSU um uh Charles Turner is the starting center. We expect him to be back. Not too banged up. I will say, you know, having a coach like Hugh Freeze having a bye week to prepare for you and watch film, that's never like a comforting feeling. Uh, more so than the you know rest and recovery, it's the extra time with when you have a ball coach like that. I know he doesn't have the Jimmys and Joes he needs and wants yet, but you can still see you know the the mastermind there when you watch Auburn play. I mean, it's it's definitely something scheming. It's just 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 you know let him let him get a couple recruiting classes in.
2: For sure, that's a I'll, that's a good point. Uh, let me ask you this: Do you think that last year that maybe? I don't want to say like overachieved, but it just seems like maybe LSU, I mean, when in the West, do you think that the expectations from the fan base maybe got set a little too high to where you're coming into this year? And it was LSU might contend for the playoffs, maybe national championship. And I hear you talk about the defense and it just seems like you talk about having to go to the portal. It seems like, yeah, maybe it just wasn't quite there yet. Roster wise.
0: Yeah, um, I think maybe us in the media artificially hyped up the team a little <laughs> bit much. Uh, I, I think our Brian Kelly artificially raised the bar by winning with a roster that was just bubble gum and paperclips last year. I think e- even in the Auburn game, you could kind of see there were some serious holes on that team a year ago. Uh, LSU. Got down, I think it was 20 nothing or something like that. 17, Anyways.
2: yeah, it had 17 nothing. yards in the second half and still, yeah,
0: out, yeah, yeah, and then somehow LSU wins that game with Jaden Daniels having 80 passing yards. Um, you know, yeah, I, but you could clearly that's a game that's just a prime example of that wasn't a SEC West champion roster last year. Um, right. so I think by you know, uh, I think Brian Kelly artificially raised the bar of expectations and then you're bringing back that quarterback and i I think a lot of the confidence in this team was no one thought this defense was going to be a top 10 defense i think there were some areas they thought we thought harold perkins was going to be much more effective we thought mason smith was going to be much better we thought the defensive line was going to be much better we knew the issues with the dbs all fall camp we saw it It was like man Jaden daniels is torching these dudes but Mm. we're looking at it and it's like Well, these are good throws and good catches, it's not like the DBs are just giving up Mm -hmm. wide open stuff. Jaden Daniels, we think, really looks that good. Um, So we kind of just set the expectation that the defense would be good, not really great, and that the offense would be what we're seeing now. It took the offense a game to get where it's at because it wasn't great against Florida State. Um, but now they're clicking. They're they're looking exactly what we expected them to look like offensively. The defense has just been woeful, man. It's just been so much worse than we could have ever expected. LSU has never in the history of its program given up 700 yards to an opponent until this season. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so that that's where. I, and I don't think there was really any signs of that in fall camp that the defense was going to be that bad. Yeah. But uh, here we are. And I still think this defense, I mean, I made, um, I gave the background as to how we got here with the rosters and the transfer portal city. I definitely think there's enough talent to be average on this defense. So that's up to coaches to to elevate their play. Um it, 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 and it's not necessarily even a play calling issue on defense. I like the plays that Matt House has been calling. It's just execution, man. I mean, you can't miss 34 tackles against Ole Miss. 34, they gave up 284 yards on missed tackles alone. Mm-hmm. Teams have won football games on 284 yards by themselves. Oh, and then they added another 480 or whatever on top of that. So (laughs) it's like, you know, if you just fix tackling and loafing around, the defense will be close to average. And I do think we saw a bit of that effort improve quite a bit against Missouri.
2: Yeah. Before I get out of here, Preston, or before we let you get out of here, brother, 1992, the SEC split, right? Auburn and LSU go to the SEC West, and there's been a ton of classics since then. Even though the majority of our uh, our viewers might not like your answer here, since that time, give us your favorite game as an LSU fan, because, man, there's been some wild ones.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, from my perspective, though, let me see here. Man, I got to go with D- Demetrius Bird. one I knew, second. Man. I knew it, bro. I, I got to go it, with that one, man. I, I mean, that it. was so good. It is so classic Les Miles to just it's, completely oh. botch that. I, I'm trying to think about. If there's any – I mean, the, the 2017 one down 20 nothing, comeback yeah. without scoring an offensive touchdown. Uh, that You know, Ogeron might have gotten fired that day. If he That's like Gus Malzahn on special, Preston. That's like uh, Gus Malzahn special right, All right there. but bro. how about a fun Auburn moment since I'm on an Auburn podcast? You know, one image that will always last with me is the Cam Newton 50-yard touchdown um yeah. against LSU. That was a really good defense for LSU in 2010. Um, and you know, one of the things that not very many people point out when they see that play, cause obviously it was like Cam Newton's Heisman moment or whatever he, on his way to the end zone, he made Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew miss. Like he dragged both of those dudes to the end zone. That's two bed, award winners, a Thorpe winner, yeah. uh, two, I mean, quite frankly, two NFL hall of famers, Yep. <laughs> You know, that he just made uh, look like rookies. And then that Ontario McCaleb run on that game. I'm just going to say a lot of people say that Auburn team didn't have talent outside of uh, Cam Newton. I remember Michael Dyer. Dude was a beast five star. I remember Ontario McCaleb. Dude averaged like 8.9 yards per carry. Okay, like there, there, there was some talent on that team for sure, uh, and, and that game definitely sticks out to me. If you if you want to Auburn positive, but I'll I'll go with D Bird on the LSU side.
2: I hear yeah. you. I figured you're gonna be that one. Um, my best friend, big LSU guy, ended up going to LSU, and that was his first ever LSU game. We were in high <sighs> school. He goes, so this yeah. is this is like the razor flip phone era. So I'm getting like <laughs> grainy videos of it, and he's in the LSU. You know, it was. Yeah, he never lets me live that one down, man. I will say for me, and I'm Blake, I kind of want your answer here. The most painful one was the John Vaughn missing five, six field goals or whatever it was. Because oh, Kenny man. Irons got oh, off the bus, told six. a good LSU defense, 07, no, 05. No, That's no, 05.
0: no, 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 05. Yeah, let yeah, to say because 06 was Jamarcus Russell throwing all those interceptions and the yeah. pass interference. It was 910. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was that one right there. Was because Kenny Arms gets off the bus, says, I'm going for 200 on LSU's defense, does it, and we still drop the ball, man. That one will forever hurt me. All right. How
0: about how about the extra point missed in 04 w- with the call on the LSU guys that, that hasn't been called since? It never was called again, except for that one guy like launching or something like that. And uh, they blocked the extra point, and LSU loses by point. Yeah, they're, they're, there's been some wild games in the series, no doubt about that.
3: Well, Preston, uh, man, give us a score prediction and how can LSU win this game Saturday night in Death Valley?
0: Okay, so if you're Auburn, there's there's two areas you can target on this defense: passing deep against this weak secondary and outside run contain is actually becoming a glaring, uh, a glaring issue. And I, I like what Auburn does with the RPO. I like that. They're getting Peyton Thorne running a bit more. It seems like y'all are kind of shying away from the, the Robbie Ashford offense, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there a bunch just to get to that edge. Cause he's such a dynamic athlete. That being said, if I had to pick one of those two ways to target, I definitely would target the downfield passing. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I just don't think Peyton Thorne has what it takes as a down downfield passer. I mean, he's got he's 15th in the sec in passing and there's only 14 teams. Um, you know, I, I, I think that if he was a, a, an elite downfield passer, it would have shown already. And I think that because Auburn isn't in a position to take advantage of that particular weakness against LSU, I do think LSU will take care of business and I'm basing the defense playing on its last 10 drives, not the previous 20 that I highlighted. Um, Yeah. And and I think Jane Daniels is going to dial up his, his as scheduled 40 points. I think we're looking at, uh, 42, 28 LSU, uh, nighttime in death Valley never helps either. I'm sure, you know, y'all guys have, I've seen what that atmosphere is always like. Um, so I I, I just – I don't see any intangibles. Like if it were an 11 a.m. kickoff, I could see LSU being out of funk, out of whack. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think Vegas gave LSU 11 and a half. I think that's roughly correct. That's okay. all,
1: right.
0: all right. All right. Well, appreciate you, we Preston. Appreciate you, Preston. Thank you, guys. All
2: right, all right, all right. We appreciate our guy, Preston, joining on the show, man, giving us a little peek at the LSU Tigers. Let's hop over here and talk to our subs, Blake, see how everybody's doing tonight. War Please. Eagle says, another great week. Double hate after the bye. War damn Eagle, let's crush LSU. I love the energy, man. I'm not going to lie. I kind of woke up this week feeling a little softy, like, all right, bro. Back-to-back losses. I'm tired of hopping on the pod, being super realistic analyst, man, and all this. I might bug this week, bro. I might <laughs> Tanner, <laughs> yeah, I you. Tanner, you decided to join us on a live show, brother. We greatly appreciate that, man. Nice to see you. Tanner hopping in. Says, oh, I feel like I'm waiting <laughs> on a movie. Hey, well, thanks, buddy. You know we love you, big dog. James Barnett hopping in a tempo. What's up, fellas? What is up, James? Our guy, Thomas. Thomas, let's get it. Boys, War Damn Eagle. And Thomas, we want to say thank you for the super chat, brother. Yeah. $5 super chat. Hey, thank you, buddy. Love War that. Damn, it all helps, man. That all helps. Goes to that recruiting and everything, recruiting pods and everything else we got going on. Let's see. Thomas also pops in here and says, I believe we have an opportunity to win, but we have to execute and limit LSU's opportunities to score. Our defense is playing great. Offense has to be consistent and score points. Yeah, man. I mean, it's um. If we if we find twenty eight like Preston said, Blake, I think we're close. I don't know. I don't know if they score forty. You know, they're gonna get. they're gonna get theirs. I feel like thirty one is the magic number personally.
3: Yeah, I, um, I'm not sure they score forty on our defense. Um, now I know he's looking. Preston's looking, and, and they can score 40. All right, they can. Yeah, not
2: already, yeah for sure. Yeah, that's not, not like that's a, not like a team
3: crazy team. take or anything. Like, Preston believes in that offense, and everybody else should. in the country should also. Um, but I think our defense – I don't see our defense giving up 40. Um, I just – I, sure like I feel like our secondary – we've had two weeks to prepare. I feel like our secondary can cover – uh, now they're probably going to get beat a time or two because these LSU receivers are elite. Mason Taylor at tight end. Um, we know Eugene Asante has a little trouble in coverage from time to time and and our linebackers might be a step slow here and there. Uh, but Giving up 40 on this and this Auburn defense giving up 40 is that's that's tough for me to say. So I kind of agree with you. Maybe like the race to 31, 35, you know, like if Auburn can get to 35, it might win 35, 31, something like that. Um, but I think we got to run the football, Dustin. I think we got to run the football. Yeah. That's I, uh, I, heavy. Look, I, I get going downfield and everything and and attacking their secondary, but if we run the football and we keep their offense on the sideline,
2: I think that's the recipe for Auburn to win this football game. Yeah. All right.
1: right.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you got into that. Because what we're going to do is I'm going to play some clips from uh from Hugh Freeze's press conference Monday. And uh, we'll get on this one first here, him talking about JT Daniels. And uh, I'll just kind of – because that kind of leans into something you just said. And I'll tell you how I think this, this all ties in together here. Because yeah. it's Coach Hugh Freeze talking about starting quarterback for LSU, JT Daniels.
1: I, I don't think you stop him. It just there's too many weapons around him and he's too good i think um, you look at the key to this game is can we hold him to field goals truthfully uh, just no one has stopped him and he's uh he plays so effortless uh, literally he runs 40 yard touchdowns and it looks like he's jogging and yet no one's catching him and his balls are so accurate um to those talented receivers. I just, I think it's a hard, hard task. Um, Again, I think to this point, and I haven't watched future opponents, so nobody, somebody will use it for bulletin board material, but it's, uh, to this point, it's the best offensive personnel I've seen in this league to this point. Uh, Coach Hugh Freeze,
2: ever paranoid, just making sure he doesn't give anybody down the line any bulletin board material. I love that, Blake. Just a little details. I, I love our coach. But the, the thing that really stood out to me there was, I was thinking about this game uh, after the Missouri, after their game ended with Missouri. I was like, all right, man, how do we win this game? And to me, what Hugh Free said there at the beginning about holding them to field goals, and then what you said about running the ball. So I think both offenses are going to get theirs between the 20s. I think the game is going to be won in the red zone, Blake. I do. Mm-hmm. Let's hold them to some field goals. At this point, I I don't want to say this to Jinx, so I'll just keep saying that. Just keep doing what we've been doing defensively as far as creating turnovers. You needed you needed to win the turnover battle to stay in the Georgia game. You did. You went on the road at A&M, you won the turnover battle. You went on the road at Cal, you won the turnover battle. You need to go on the road again and win the turnover battle. Keep that trend up. Keep that up. That, that's the obvious thing, though. In the red zone, man, offensively and defensively, like Coach Free said, they're gonna get theirs. Malik Neighbors is a dude. Can't wait to watch him and, and uh, DJ go against each other. That's gonna be one hell of a matchup. You're gonna watch two future NFL guys go at it. DJ can be in great coverage. Malik's gonna make a catch. i like, bro, that, that. What we talk about versus Georgia, the plays we didn't make. LSU's got them dudes on offense. Them, they got them dudes that make them catches and make them plays. So they're gonna get theirs. Now we've had a week to rest, so everybody should be fresh. Um, our lack of depth coming out of a bye week, you should feel a little bit better about that. Okay, we're getting some guys back, you know, this kind of thing. Again, this is another game where I'm looking at it and going, damn it, I wish we had Keontae, but it is what it is. Um, right. But, yeah, man, so I just think that in the red zone, defensively, and then like you talk about on offense, run that ball. They're dead last in the SEC in rushing. And I know that the boys talked about it. uh, I talked about it Monday with B-Will on the morning drop, just kind of breaking down LSU's defense. I remember passing they were 119th in the country. Um, But I believe it's 98th in rushing, I know uh, stopping the run. I know it's in the 90s, and I know that they're last in the SEC. Man. Listen, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this, Blake. I don't want to get too far down this road. We'll kind of save this convo for Friday. But if it ain't clicking early with Thorn, I think you go to nine and just run, just run it because you'll take your opportunity. Because it's like if they're that bad, they're just that bad at defending the pass, right? So, like, let's say you miss on an open throw you're probably going to get another one versus this defense. Like the opportunities are going to be there. You just have to make some of the plays. So I don't, I, I don't know if you need the most accurate passer, but I'll, I'll save that for Friday show, but I completely agree with you. And I agree with you on this for, for the rest of the season, with our defense being what it is, with our lack of pass rush being what it is. And and we, this is just going to be the situation this year. We just don't have the guys on the offensive line. Um, run the ball, use these clock rules, shorten the game, you know, I think that's a big reason why you haven't seen Hugh Freeze's up-tempo offense. A lot of this lack of success on first down. But, you know, but I also think that he's looking at some of these games and saying, man, I I can't go fast and possess and position." I don't think we want to get in a battle with LSU where we're going up and down the field. The recipe for Auburn is to muddy this game up and win in the red zone. What do you think about what Coach Freeze said, Blake? Uh,
3: I mean, he's 100% right. Look, you're not going to stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Uh, and and like we talked with Preston, man, they're elite uh, receiving core. Uh, that they, they got a dude at tight end. Uh, the one the one spot that you can attack this offense is uh, they don't run the ball great. Uh, they found something against LSU in that second. I mean, against Missouri in that second half. Uh, but early this season and going into to last year, going back to last year, they haven't ran the ball well. And uh, that's one of the things that has been kind of weird, man. Because like we remember all those great LSU backs, you know, coming up, and uh, they, their offensive line isn't great. Their offensive line, like Auburn, Auburn can can put some pressure on Jade. Man, their offensive line hasn't been the offensive line at LSU that we've been used to, right? Uh, and it's been that way for the past couple of years. It seems like down there, so. um I Like I said, man, I think Auburn's got to – I think they got to run the football and keep five off the football field. You have to keep him off the football field because I know we didn't get to this with Preston, but I think the dude should be somewhere in the Heisman conversation. I know people are going to look at those two losses, but people didn't care about losses when it comes to RG3, all right? And what he's doing right now – it kind of reminds me of what Johnny Manziel had to do at AM in 2013, where he had to score 60 every Saturday because his defense was cheeks. Okay. And, and um, I feel like that's what Jaden Daniels is having to do. So.
2: Yeah. Before we get into the next clip, I wanted to play. I was getting some of the comments. Charles, asked, when are we going to see Cobb show out? I think next year, bro. Yeah. Uh, I felt like it was kind of going, but listen, with the injury to Damari, um, the opportunity could be there, but I just, uh, I think it'll be next year. And with, he's with,
3: with Batee coming in and being a highlight. It's yeah. Yeah.
2: It was there. Right. I think it was kind of up in the air. And then at, at a and kind of said, Hey, you know, I'm yeah. this dude and he's continued to play well. So, um, but in, in due time, friend, in due time, Thomas says, if we spy, who do we spy on Daniels Kaufman Simpson or Asante? I'm going to say, I like Kaufman in the spy role. Because uh, Eugene's going to have obviously certain assignments from the linebacker position, and then I cannot afford to have Jalen Simpson out, out of coverage. I need him back there getting picks. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. No <laughs> way Simp can spy. Yeah, we we, we need, need him back there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James says, at Dustin and Blake, to your point about points, if we score 30 with our defense moving forward, who beats us, maybe I'm booking a little bit. I think this is the last team. LSU is the last team on the roster, I think. Maybe Old Miss, but I, I'll listen, Alabama. It, you think Alabama is going to score thirty on us, injured in hair?
1: Um, if we
2: score thirty, I don't, I don't see out. No, if we score thirty, we beat Alabama, bro. Are
3: we? We scored thirty on Alabama against that's that. What, that's, that's
2: what I'm not saying we will. James is asking if we score thirty, oh. moving forward, who beats us? I'm saying LSU oh, is yeah. probably the last team.
3: Yeah, we're not scoring we
2: score th- over thirty. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not saying we are. I'm just answering yeah. just answering. James' question. No, yeah. no, we ain't scoring 30. I'm hoping for 30 passing yards. Yeah. All right. Yeah, as Thomas says, if we if we uh, spy Simpson, we lose coverage. Yeah. All right. Getting to this last one before I play the next clip. Chris says, that's what I was thinking, Charles. They had to get some pressure on him and get worried about those injuries. Talking about uh, Jay and Daniels does have some banged up ribs. Yeah, I mean, listen, bro. And this thing, too, um, I think we've all seen what Ron Roberts can do defensively. So I do like – I would like to see what he can scheme up um, with an extra week. That would be fun. Yeah. All right. So like Preston alluded to, anybody that's ever watched SEC football understands what we're about to go into Saturday night at 6 o'clock. There's a reason why we went two decades without winning in this freaking stadium. It's a tough, tough place to win, man. Not only is their crowd loud, not only are they always talented and have good teams and are historically a top five, a top 10 program all time. But also, they have some kind of voodoo type devil magic, devil magic working for them. It's just a tough, tough deal. But by the way, I did purchase my cigar today. I do have it ready. I hope I get to light that bad boy up on the post game, Blake. But <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one, nevertheless. Let's hear uh, Coach Hugh Freeze talking about the crowd noise and how we're going to be dealing with. This environment. Yeah, I
1: heard this was a new thing, but it's actually not. Um, we, we, uh, we've, we've. Uh, We've, uh, yeah, we will have it as loud as we can get it on the practice field, and it'll be playing, hold that tiger, whatever the the fight song is, and um, we will uh, have a couple of different plans for cadence, uh, just in case. Um, I do remember having a fist fight with them down there um, when I was at Ole Miss, and um, it was a very, very, very – it was a Saturday night game and obviously very loud, and we were backed up into the student section in a critical drive, and we had three false starts. Um, it was so uh, loud. And so uh, we we will have a couple of different plans if, if that's the case.
2: But just quick, and I'll let you get on this one, buddy. The point I want to make on this is simple. Three-year starting quarterback – a ton of experienced offensive linemen. I don't want to see any pre-snap penalties. Mm. Maybe one or two because it's just hard to deal with it. Our, our guy Chris getting over here saying 70,000 drunk Cajuns. I guess I guess you're being nice, Chris, and saying that there's going to be about 30,000 sober folks in there. I think you're being generous, brother. I think you're looking at more of a 90 to 10% type ratio as far as that drunk boy, they uh, – <laughs> they should. They shut it down over there, brother. But oh, when, they, when they start bowing, when they start it, bowing it, and doing a little yeah. dabbing, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been in there, man. It's a, uh, it's a tough deal. I was in there the day that Fournette just ran all over us. Um, I remember when, when Matthews tried to jump over mm-hmm. him for some reason, and that was a highlight shown on every pregame video for 15 years after that. But uh, yeah, this is just it's going to be a tough environment, man. We already know that, but I just want to see a ton of. Experienced players act like they're experienced, Blake. I don't think I'm asking for too much here.
3: Bruh, I started laughing because that was when
2: Jeremy Johnson threw the ball behind him. Uh, that was uh, – Yeah, man, again, I was sitting in the LSU student section.
3: Yeah, that was a that was a tough day. Yeah, uh, I
2: had a bad one. Mm. They got me drunk, though. They felt pity.
3: Uh, first thing I want to say, Dustin, is – First off, I, I only heard uh, that Colorado plays music loud uh, preparing to go to opposing stadiums. Is that so where I,
2: that came from? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so, Keyshawn Johnson said that oh, God. Colorado was, like, blasting music to go to Autzen and everything and, like, uh, you, like you don't see other coaches doing this stuff and all this. Like it was just weird, right? Well, what's and then, up with
2: him and all these bad takes, bro? He's played football before.
3: So look, look. My next thing is is Coach Hugh Freeze contacted Eli Drinkwitz, right? And he said, "Hey, Eli, man, like, what's the deal with LSU? What do I need to know?" All right, guys. Coaches do that every single week. Okay. Like, I guarantee you, Eli Drinkwitz wasn't the only coach that Hugh Hugh Freeze reached out to, all right, to prepare. I'm sure Hugh Freeze called Mike
1: Norville.
3: (laughs) And he said, hey, man, tell me something I need to know, all right. Uh, But apparently, Keyshawn thinks that Dan Lanning and and, uh, Lincoln Riley only do it for Colorado. I don't know. It was weird. The whole segment on that show was weird. (sighs) I see
2: see the route he took. Wow. Okay.
3: It was just, it was weird, like. Just, I'm like, dude, it happens every week. You know that. Like, you were a Hall of Fame wide receiver, bro. Like, come on, you know that. like,
2: Yeah. um, Let's say, I'll say this, Blake. There is no real college football fan that is watching a national show at this point. Maybe game day. If you can still make it through game day, then props to you. Nope. But I have not watched a national show, I don't know, in three or four years. I mean, do you consider Josh Payton a national show? I don't. Like. You know he's done his own thing. I know he's with twenty, but he's doing his own thing. So like, as far as ESPN or Fox Sports One, I mean, when I start seeing like the morning shows, it's like, wait, oh, I see what y'all did. Tom Brady retired, so you're gonna fill your Tom Brady every day two-hour talking slot. And you know I love Tom Brady. But I'm just being real, but you are gonna fill that slot with Dion? Nah, I see you. Well, you keep talking about a, you keep talking about a six and six team, and you know college all well, keep going on.
3: One thing one thing off track for a minute. Um, but one thing I, I think where we got lost on game day was uh, I, I feel like we tried to start making people laugh instead of actually talking about ball. Mm. And when you got rid of David Pollock yep and you brought Pat in Pat Pat knows football. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's more of a comedian and an entertainer on that show now and it all just kind of feels like, it kind of feels like it's all staged and set up, you know, like they're just there to make people laugh and try to have a good time now. Uh, but, look, man, when I listen to Hugh Freeze, I love what I hear. Uh, wow, well, Tanner said the same thing about Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I love what I hear uh, coming from Hugh Freeze and, and just getting his team prepared um, and, and getting ready to go into a hostile environment. Look, Peyton Thorne should not be worried about this the dude has played in big games he's played in the big house like he he's he's been through it all right so i don't want to hear any more of that like oh he's just in shock with the 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 heat of the moment and all that like i'm tired of hearing that uh i think peyton thorn needs to come out start early have success like he did against georgia if peyton thorn plays like he did against georgia auburn i think auburn can win this football game all right if he plays like he did against georgia i think Auburn can win this football game, bro. We didn't lose because of Peyton Thorn, all right. No. We didn't. I, I, I'll be straight up with you. Our wide receivers have got to start helping helping Buddy out, all right. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I was sitting here last week, saying, hey, like Peyton needs to pick it up. I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm getting off the Peyton train, but then he comes out against Georgia, man, and it wasn't the greatest thing I've seen, but it was well enough to win that football game. But Malcolm Johnson Jr, you got to catch the football. Championship teams make those plays, all right? Yeah. And and that's it man, like he he put balls with that could be caught and we got to start catching footballs man.
2: Yeah, um to your point there, I wanted I was something I want to touch on that real quick. Well, uh, Justin Thomas says we need to pass for at least 250. Look, bro, um it's going to be there. I mean, Robbie threw for 374 I believe on them last year and the it'll be there. But do we capitalize on it? I had to seen us throw for over 100 yards versus a power five team. And what is it, five, six games now? So to ask for 250 when we haven't thrown for over 100, 250 should be there. Any competent offense should be able to put up 250 on this LSU secondary. Uh, I don't think our passing game is competent. But as far as we need to, yeah, we should. We're not, It'll we're- be there.
3: When I, if we throw for 250, I'll be shocked. I think Auburn has to go to the ground game, and like Preston said, uh, I think Robbie Ashford could play a huge role Saturday. I think Robbie Ashford could come in and use his legs, and uh, Auburn could find something there. And and Jarquez has got to get going, Dustin. Like we gotta get we gotta get 27 going. And Peyton Thorne, he used his legs against Georgia. Um, you know. I, I would have loved to have seen him get into the end zone on that long run, but um, it, it it looks like he's getting a little bit more comfortable. I just don't know if he throws for 250 yards, man. But I also don't think we have to throw for 250 yards to win the football game.
2: No, I don't either. And, I, I listen, if if Thorne's struggling, there is a w- early, ditch it, because there is a way to beat LSU Saturday night using Robbie Ashford. There is.
1: Yeah. You can, yep.
2: carve, you can carve them up. What did he say? 284 yards on missed tackles versus Ole Miss? Yeah. What? Yep. All right, bro. Well, you put – I let nine run wild. If Peyton Thorne ain't getting it done, two drives in. And, th- and that's not – again, that's not even – I'm not even saying for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Now, it would probably be a fair question at that point because how many times can you pull the starter, like – you know, but I'm just saying, man, with this particular game, the you can attack this defense with Robbie Ashford. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing you're going to still see a lot of Robbie Ashford either way. And yeah, if it's yeah. clicking, if, if Robbie rips off six or seven on first down, let's go. Now, I can't do that all game because, you know, like I said, you don't want to get into the shootout with LSU. But, yeah, dude, I, I uh there's a way. Peyton Thorne. They're good. The throws are going to be there. You got to make them, like you said. The receivers got to step up and catch them. Um, mm. But yeah, there's going to be plays, bro. There's going to be opportunities for us to score points versus defense. James says, uh, "And we, what's up, Jeremy? We see you, Jeremy Russell. Saying what's up. Appreciate you for joining what's us, up, James Burnett says, "At Blake, I agree with you about PT and the wide receivers. They have to bail him out and make plays. But PT is not uh, is not a good on the road player, even at MSU. This needs to be his turning point." Thoughts.
3: Yeah, this is the defense for him to to have that turning point like they're not good in coverage they're, they're not good at they haven't been good at anything like they can't stop the run they're not good in coverage. they did pick it up in that fourth quarter against Missouri. I will give them that like Preston said but man like I know we don't have the wide receivers that Florida State has, but they were atrocious in that game, especially that second half like there's just going to be opportunities there. And we, we've got to – it can't be just Jay Fair. It's got to be somebody else, man. Like, I'm just – I'm tired of – it feels like it's all on five's back right now. If five don't make a play, mm. we just don't have a receiver that can make a mm-hmm.
2: play. I mean, does it not? It's just – Yeah. Ravado, step up Saturday. Get 80 to 100 Saturday, big dog. Let's go. Well, we heard about it. We heard about it all offseason, man. Yeah.
3: I also don't think we're putting Rivaldo in the best of spots either.
2: Well, hey, Hugh talked about that. Hugh said they have – he said at a press conference, he said they did a lot of self-evaluation. And he was asked uh, about the protection issues. And he said, that's on us. And he said, it's not easy for me to say this, but this is on us, the coaching staff. And then he was asked, is it on Peyton Thorne? He said, no. He actually said, heck no. It's on us. I got to get this right. I like the honesty. I like, you know, him just coming out and saying it. because like we've talked about before, that's, I like that a lot better than, nah, players got to execute what I call. Um, he's coming out and saying, Hey, man, I'm not putting Peyton, what did he say? He said, I'm not giving Peyton the right toolbox to get the job done. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I think it was actually James. It was somebody, maybe it was Bob. Somebody in our live show a week or two ago, uh, mentioned Hugh Freeze's record out, out of the bye. I don't have it offhand here, but, uh, I know it's very impressive. So, you know, man, like I said, we got good coaches as far as shoe freeze and and uh Philip Montgomery over there on defense. So I like the, the having the extra week to prepare for it. It's just uh, I'm ready for this game, brother. Uh Thomas says agreed, Dustin, pulled thorn after two or three dives. If you know I'm assuming Thomas staying here if he's struggling, obviously. Blake, what is your uh what's your leash here with with because I'm I'm right here with I'm right here with Thomas. Listen, this is the the worst defense in the SEC. Yep. You got. You've had a bye week. We've heard all these different. You know, we've all been okay, 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 okay. If you come out this game, and you're not getting it done, I'm gonna be. I'm telling you, man, I'm gonna be into the first quarter, like, all right, and and and, and I'm I'll be talking for good because I'm a, I'm about over it. What do you think?
3: You know what I tell you every Saturday is is. Are they actually gonna do it though? Now, I'm straight up with you. And and I agree with you guys, right? Like, like I'm I'm cool with this. I'm not some kind of I'm not a Robbie hater. I just don't see the coaching staff pulling him that early. I don't. Because they went and got him. All right. And and I just when I look at it, man, it looks like they have full trust. Like, like it, it just looks like they trust him and, and they want this thing to turn around. And at a and I was sitting here, and I'm like, hey, man, it's nine time. Like, like you got to go to Robbie. You got to try something else. And then people get my comments, and they're like, no, nah, man, if you bring Robbie in the game, you're going to lose. And I'm like, what are we doing right now? What, what are we doing right now? We're going to lose regardless. Like, one ain't getting it done. So I'm sitting here, and I'm like, after two or three drives, but does the coaching staff actually do it? And – I, I just I don't know, man. It, it's it's a it's a weird situation, honestly. Because I look at the Georgia game, why did we pull Robbie out there, driving in the red zone? Right, right. Robbie right. was yeah. moving the football. I don't get it, man. Like I, I'm 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 just kind of lost. I don't get it. I, I was pissed off about that. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't happy. Like Robbie was moving the football. It was third and one. Like, and we pull him. I just didn't agree. With, and like. Robbie was running tough, man. Like he was getting to the edge on the outside. Like I just didn't understand at that moment why.
2: I, I don't I don't know. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Um I think something's up. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying uh personally. I'm not saying they're beefing personally, but I don't think the chemistry is clicking between Phillip and Hugh. And if you go back to his opening press conference, he was kind of like, I I guess I might have to give up play calling. I'm thinking about it. And then I played the clip a live shoot uh, maybe a week or two ago on a live show where he said, "Uh, I am going to be honest with you guys. I'm really struggling with this part about handing over the play calling. And then we hear that he was heavy-handed in calling plays and the game plan for Georgia. Uh, He kind of made the comment in this presser Monday, I need to make sure we stick with the RPOs. I hate when we go away from the RPOs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I don't know if it's going all that smooth, man. And I, I don't know if Philip Montgomery will be, uh will be back on the planes next year. That's not any inside information. I'm just kind of looking at it and, and judging it from afar and saying something's not, not clicking here, man. And Hugh Freeze is a super competitive dude. He's also a good dude. He's not going to come out and throw Philip under the bus, but uh I, whatever the issues are, if they continue through these next seven games, I think you will see a change very soon after that Iron Bowl, brother. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue against it. Let's see what our guy Chris says. Hugh Freeze seems scared to pull PT maybe because Hugh Freeze picked him and it would be a, a bad look. Um, I just I think you th- have to give him every opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important to, to acknowledge that, like he said – in the press conference Monday, we haven't put Peyton in the best position. So if he feels like at some point he's going to feel like, okay, I've put you in the best. If he gets to a point where he feels like, no, I've given you the plays and you haven't made them. Okay. When he talks about the, the, the pre-snap, the protection issues, if they feel like they've got that fixed this week in the bye week and it still has become something that lingers and he feels like it's on Peyton Thorne, I, I think he pulls him. Uh he's yeah. not
3: even he's not even picking up blitzes at the line of scrimmage. I, we're literally having receivers point out like hey, hey, that guy right there, he's blitzing. All right. And nothing. Nothing. N- no check at the line. No nothing. That's that's one of my biggest concerns. But we got a guy coming free off the edge. And and you got Jay Fair pointing him out. Yeah. Hey PT, here he comes. And you just snap it and let it happen. I, I don't. I just don't understand some of the things like that we're looking at. And like I said, I thought he played much better against Georgia, and I thought we had the opportunity to win that game if we step up and make plays. Uh, hopefully, we we get a performance like that, similar to that, maybe hopefully even a little bit better. Uh, but it, it's
2: just up in the air right now at the, at the quarterback position. Yeah uh i'm gonna give Thorne the position to calm him down i've never heard such madness from uh don't want to box your first name buddy so i'll say your last name there johnson senior yeah man i mean uh i hear you you know like i wasn't uh i wasn't overly excited about that comment and we talked about it on our show here at the time i wasn't really fired up with that reasoning that was gave i'm um, feel like there was kind of some some other things going on behind the scenes that's why you know it, all that kind of went down the way that it did but uh yeah man i don't we're still sitting there talking about it. We're five games in and we're still kind of talking about ineffective quarterback play. So I do yeah. think this is a fair thing. And I think that um, if Thorne doesn't find his footing at Auburn and it doesn't work out, I think this is a fair criticism of Hugh Freeze to say, well, hold on. You said you, you came out and said that he wasn't the best in the scrimmages and you gave him the position to calm him down because he was pressing. If it doesn't work out that's not going to look good for coach freeze. I, I kind of do agree with this. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, guys, get your last second comments and questions in here, man. We're gonna touch in on everybody. Uh, quick announcements to make, real quick. We've decided uh, that the, the three o'clock Sunday shows—they're just not doing numbers. Like for whatever you know, we feel like maybe three o'clock is just too late to for a recap. Everybody else's pods are dropping way before that, and we're still even at three o'clock. We were the last ones uh, to get our recaps out, so we're just gonna wake up on Sunday morning. Record the pod and we'll drop it. So no more three o'clock debut time for our episodes on Sunday. Um I would say sometime before eleven AM that thing will be loaded into. Well, we'll get it recorded before eleven a.m. YouTube might take a little time to upload, but sometime around around lunchtime, those recaps will be dropping every Sunday. Still gonna be uh still doing um, you know, same times as far as Friday, 10 a.m. and then Tuesday night live show, uh seven PM. None of that's changing. What you got, brother?
3: If one thing I I just want to say to the chat and everybody that watches our stuff, if I drop a video um, and it like uploads while the war report is doing their stuff, uh, there's nothing I can really do about it. Um, It just like when I, when I hit upload, it takes it a little while to that. You have to go through checks and like monetization checks and like uh, ad checks and all of this stuff. Um, So, like you have to wait a little while and then it posts the video. So the other day when I put the members video up, uh, it had to go through all the checks and everything. And it uploaded while the war poor was doing their stuff. Um, so you finish their stuff out first, finish their stuff out first. Then you can come to ours, watch our stuff if it does upload while they're doing their stuff. So yeah, for sure. um, we won't be debuting that episode while they're going
2: yeah. live. Yeah, we'll never. We always try to avoid that. We try to avoid the college loop too. We're trying to work together as a team here as a network, and everybody have their own times. Chris says just too close to Warport. I hear you, Chris. Um, Honestly, though, brother, like our ten o'clock shows right after the uh, the morning drop do really well. Uh, So, and those are right after Warport. It's just Sunday for whatever reason, just the recaps, and we feel like it's just a whole thing where we're still we're still the last ones to recap the game at that point. So, uh, just be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, man, if you haven't done the memberships, we introduced a new pod to our members. So we'll be doing the recruiting pods. Those will still be dropping, uh, Friday Night Live updates, and we'll be hopping back on those this weekend, man, getting back out to the games. And uh, we also got one, I don't have a name for it yet, maybe around the Plains, Auburn, you know, just an update on all the sports, man. So two pods. The, uh, the recruiting one will still be for our varsity guys. But now for JV and varsity, you will be getting the Around the Plains podcast. We'll just be kind of going through whatever's happening, man. On this one Saturday, we went through what the fall ball, baseball stuff. We talked about basketball practice going on, and obviously touching on some football, some recruiting, and all that kind of stuff. So that's out there for our JV guys. That's out there for our, um, for everybody. And let's see, Sunday night at six. Not sure. Not sure what the question is here. We're not doing anything. Uh,
3: no, no, Sunday night. He's saying why not go Sunday night at six, but. Uh, the college loop does Sunday night at six, I believe. So, oh, okay,
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm an NFL guy. I'm just gonna tell y'all right now. I got to get my recording on Sunday <laughs> done before that football starts at noon, brother. Like I got, I mean, just this Sunday, the Bucks play the Lions at uh, at three thirty. Y'all know the if you know the man, Detroit's off to a good start. My Bucks are off to a good start. By the way, man, got my uh, Bolt shirt on tonight. Opened up the hockey season one and zero. So, yeah, man. Uh, so, we're going to get this out of here uh, on Sunday early on, man.
3: And one last thing, Dustin. Uh, I'm interested to see um, in the chat. Uh, like, I, I'm into hockey, uh, I bet on it. Um, I, basketball season's coming up, I bet on college basketball. Uh, if any of you are into that kind of stuff, I will start dropping some pods and about betting and stuff like that. It's not gambling advice. I'm not telling you to go lay the house. I'm just telling you what I'm putting my money on, and you can take it for what it's worth. Uh, With B. Will got the one, right? You and B. Will do. Yeah, yeah, we we do the SEC. Look, my thing about the SEC, man, is I've had bad luck betting on the SEC, but I have pounded the Pac-12, and I've made (laughs) a ton of money on the Pac-12 this year. Uh, But, like, when it comes to the SEC, uh, I'm, I'm struggling right now, except Georgia, all right? I went on Josh and them show the other day. I said, hey, take Georgia minus 14 and a half against Kentucky. They're going to blow them out of the water. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let me know. Let me know. Hit us up on the community or whatever on Twitter. And if you guys want to just make a little community and and I'll drop some pods for college basketball, like what are the best lines? Let me know.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, man, I'll just put this up here real quick. We need to edit this, a um, little bit of changes to this, but absolutely, man. Let me get uh, Chris's comment off here. So you just join those memberships, guys, JV, Varsity Squad. You see the prices right there. Tons of perks, man, tons of – like I said, two uh, two different podcasts coming out for our members every single weekend now. I mean, we continue to put in the work. If you are a big-time recruiting guy, this is the time to do it, man. We stay on it. Uh, big, big one in Mobile this weekend, right? Big Mmobile, yeah. mobile man. Me and Blake will be out there Friday night excited mm-hmm. for that one. All right, guys. Last-second comments or questions before we get out of here. Boy with B-Will on that money, says what? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Devin says, love you all show much better than whatever they're putting on national TV these days. Well, Devin, I appreciate that, and I will tell you this. We are much more accurate in our Auburn takes than the national media. Yep. and 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 hey, and Fox kicked my boy Reggie Bush off
3: the broadcast, bro, because they didn't want to pay him. Like, you, how how you gonna kick Reggie
1: Bush
2: off the show and leave Urban Meyer, bro? Like, come on, I, I don't know. Yeah, Urban's about to be coaching again anyway. Chris says, "Love you guys, great show." What a we love you, Chris. We appreciate it. All right, man, y'all already know the deal. Uh, Ten o'clock Friday, we will be back to do our preview. And I can't wait for it, Blake. I cannot wait for this game Saturday, man. One more time. We cannot. We don't even it? know when we're go- we can't even know when we're gonna play him again, bro. <laughs> yeah. This is I it. Can't, I can't lose this one, Blake.
3: Hey, go watch that hype video before we get out of here. Go watch that hype video with Hugh Freeze hyping the team up, telling them mm. about the opportunities left in the season,
2: man. Hey, war damn Eagle. Strap that helmet on before you run for that brick wall mm. after you watch that thing. Mm. Friday. 10 a.m. Y'all already know, man. Eat all the corn dogs you see this week. Every corn dog you see, consume it. We'll see see y'all Friday morning, man. War, damn, eagle. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you have not. We'll see you. We out.